0: Your employees expect top-tier medical benefits like comprehensive care access. But how can you balance these expectations against rising costs across your full benefits portfolio? Find savings and opportunities in your most highly utilized benefit, your pharmacy plan. Did you know that hospital employees fill 25% more prescriptions each year than other industries? How can you tell if all those prescriptions were needed or if you could have had significant cost savings? by filling at your own hospital pharmacies. Tap into these opportunities with an independent pharmacy benefits partner and solutions designed around your unique requirements and resources. Rx benefits provides pharmacy benefit strategies from expert advisory services to programs that leverage your hospital pharmacy's purchasing power, all while offering competitive benefits with award-winning customer service. We've been working with hospitals for over 15 years. And our clients range from rural and critical access hospitals to large health systems with healthcare-specific solutions that make the most of hospital assets and dispensing capabilities. Visit us at employers.rxbenefits.com or click the link in the show notes to learn how to boost your benefits with an optimized pharmacy plan. Astronation,
1: Nation, welcome to... Welcome to what is going to be an amazing episode of the Ashra Podcast. I'm your co-host, Bo Bravo, and I'm here with Luke Kerrigan. We're still at the Ashra Conference in Charlotte, North Carolina, and we have happened to have. A repeat guest or return guest, return guest from the Bo and Luke show. Yep. The chief operations officer at Ortho, Carolina, Paul Nagel, is sitting here with us. We just came out of the executive symposium where Luke and I moderated the panel, and Paul was one of the panel members. One of the things that we learned, Paul, was that uh, you're a COO. You're mm-hmm. also a practicing uh, emergency department physician assistant, so you're a practicing provider. Great. Right? Um, but here in the near future human resources is going to report to you as the COO. So yes, what we wanted yes, yes. so what yeah. we wanted to get into you, get in get into on this episode quickly is what do you think about that role reporting to you? does it matter if it reports to you, the CFO, the CEO and what is most important about the role of HR regardless of who they report to.
2: Oh man, you know it, it, it's going to be interesting. I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. I've never had uh, you know HR report directly to me. I certainly have been involved in HR functions and having HR at the table, mm-hmm. and uh, in in other roles that I've had. Um, and I, you know, I'm looking forward to it because I, I truly value what what they bring to the table. Um, I think uh, a few things that I'm looking for, you know, from from our perspective of, of an of the HR department is, you know, how can we better train our staff? How can we, uh, and, and the stat and the training is for maybe onboarding. Um, it can be from a standpoint of ongoing training, you know, with, within our organization for people that have been there, you know, a year, five years, 25 years. Mm-hmm. And other pieces that I'm really looking for is the talent acquisition piece. You know, how can we manage our talent? You know, how can we take our talent to the next level? Mm -hmm. Uh, We certainly will have individuals who want to move up within the organization. So how can our HR team be involved in that? And, you know, HR also involves employee relations. So that, you know, how do we handle employee relations uh, from a standpoint of making sure that accountability doesn't equal punishment? Mm-hmm. You know, making sure that anytime we're trying to hold our team accountable, it's more from an educational standpoint. Now, certainly there are going to be those instances when, you know, we have to part ways with team members. But we want to try to make this, and an, as an employee-friendly, we want to be the, you know, our, our tagline is a better choice. We want to be the better choice for um, for our team members to, to yeah. be part of North Carolina.
1: That's, that's amazing. And as we sit here talking about this, it, it kind of just popped in my head. Yeah. Um, I actually think, and listeners, we would love your feedback on this and what you've experienced and what you think. You know, with the majority of individuals in any organization are involved in operations. Mostly, yes. mostly there are more people involved in operations because operations are the people who are actually doing the work that you bill money for. Correct. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you have your non-operations: finance, HR, maybe uh, maybe logistics, maintenance. IT all of those other other behind the scenes your your, your general and administrative mm-hmm. folks if you will that part of the balance sheet um, usually are the smallest percentage
2: yeah it's probably it's what 80 20 I was gonna say if we there. just yeah.
1: yeah it's probably a, roughly an 80 20 percentage mm-hmm. and if we if we continue down the role or the theme of how important it is for HR to understand business and the operations of the business, almost seems like it's the right fit or could be the right fit if done right that HR reports to the COO
2: to have that direct line to operations. Well, that's one of the things that I want to try and broaden with this group because I don't think that they've had that opportunity in, in the past. Mm-hmm. And But I agree with you. I mean, you think about, okay, what is your, what is your biggest asset within your organization? It's the people, right. especially in, in our organization. And so... <laughs> Uh, that is you know our largest amount of overhead as well is the actual people and so who better to to help with the the people piece than the human resources team um but i agree i think that in order for them to understand kind of what we need they have to also they have to understand our business. And so I have begun to encourage some of our HR team members to get out and uh, round within the the organization. You know, we're, we're not just under one building. We have 36 different clinics around, you know, around the city of Charlotte and, you know, in the periphery and even into Southern part of Charlotte, which is into South Carolina. So Mm -hmm. I've asked them to get out and round because what happens in, in South Charlotte is not the same as what happens in Winston-Salem. And so uh, it's really, really important. I think for, for them to, uh, show their face at other times than just at times when maybe we're having a problem. Yeah. Um. You know that. You know anytime everybody. I don't know how how you guys. Um. When you've interviewed other guests, what their impression is, but it it never fails that HR will show up at an office. They're like, oh, you know who's been getting canned today? You know. <laughs> yeah. Um. And that's not necessarily. That's not how the. That's not how we want it to be. We want no. them to be yeah. seen as. Support the support system. Yeah, you know for the entire organization. So yeah. you know. I,
3: used to, I used to work at a company, and one time we went on like the thirteenth floor or something. Doesn't matter what the floor was. And it was I go, wow, it's so quiet up here. And it was the HR floor. And the lady looks at me and go, "This is where people usually come to get fired."
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, we definitely. I, I would. I would love to change that perspective for sure. so Yeah, yeah. I mean that's yeah. not a great
1: perspective. No, right? That's no.
2: that's not. Uh, no,
1: great and image.
3: then I was like, wait, what am I doing here? Yeah. On the thirteenth floor, right?
2: That's exactly. really ironic if it was on the thirteenth floor.
3: I know. So I just made that up. It might not have been the thirteenth floor. <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts, Luke? What do you think about it? I think it's a huge opportunity. I do think it should be tied I think it's a natural uh flow for HR to go into operations, especially something where it's a very high human touch mm-hmm. uh business model. Mm-hmm. Right? And, the, and there are businesses out there where it's just not that high of a touch, and that's fine. Um but, yeah, for what you specifically do at North Carolina, I think it's a good fit. I think your biggest uh, opportunity here is what you called out on the talent acquisition side. Mm-hmm. I think that just by you, you know, staying on it and then improving that, measuring it, I think you're – I think operations is going to get the job done in HR. Well,
2: I, I hope so. You know, it, it's yeah. very much a team effort. and Yeah. It, I think what's really interesting, you know, when, when I first joined, we had a huge talent crisis, you know, we, we had 120 openings, uh, you know, we had our physician owners were every day sending out emails, you know, I, I can't see my patients. I don't have wow. you know, this person, you know, to help me in the clinic. What can we do? And so we actually reached out to our HR department to say, okay, how do we get better recruiting? You know what do we need to change, and then we began having meetings. You know with all of our operations team and the HR department and our recruiting team, which is part of our HR department. Sure, um, which I think in some organizations are or not in ours. They they happen to be, and it. You know we not without you know struggles. You know it took us several months, but sure we we did a lot of out of the box thinking. You know how do we how do we go about finding folks to to work in our clinics? You know during a time when everybody's being rehired, you're you're having you know, basically a wage war you're having, you know, this group is offering, you know, $5 more, they're offering this large sign on bonus. You know, how do you do that in a, in a cash only business? You know, that basically is dependent upon the number of patients that come in the door. And so if you're not able to offer the service, they're going to go elsewhere. Yeah. Um, and you know, how do you stay competitive with, with a lot of the other organizations that are also competing for the same number of people and the same type of people? Yep. Um, so it's all about, you know, how do you be creative with your talent talent acquisition? How do you be creative with your retention? Yeah. Um, yeah. And HR is key to all of this. I,
3: I couldn't agree so. more. I mean, a, HR has to be like, I think it's crazy that sometimes talent acquisition and HR are separated from each other. Right? Like they should be, I get dotted line, like, okay, like kind of, but we're going to focus more on TA. But when they're completely separate, that's crazy to me.
2: It is. I agree. You know, you
3: think about it. If you want to recruit people, the only way to do it is to get a swell of qualified talent coming to you. Right? And the only way to do that is to have a good reputation with the folks Mm -hmm. you already have. Yeah. It doesn't matter how good you are at talent acquisition. If you can't keep anybody, if you have a bad culture, no,
2: you're exactly right.
3: You're
1: done. Yeah, yeah. you have to all right. be on the same team. And, yeah. and really, if you boil it down, um, your recruiters and talent acquisition the only the only difference truly is they're working with future employees. Yeah, everybody else is working with current employees. Correct. Yes. Right, and those future employees are gonna are gonna one day be over on the. HR side with the yeah. current employee servicing team, right? So the recruiters have to be ingrained in everything HR to know what's going on because they're the ones that these future employees are talking to. They're communicating with them. They're,
2: you know, in the running the hiring process. Correct. Right. Yeah. And to your point, if they don't understand the operations, how are they going to explain to a candidate what they're going to be doing? Right. You know, so. Right. And, and, and And I agree. And it doesn't mean that you gotta. You have to actually be the person to do that job, right? We don't have to send you as an HR or you know representative or as a recruiter into the organization. And and, in our example, have you sit at the front desk and check in a patient, like know how to do that? We don't need to teach you how to do that. But we, it would be nice if you go in and observe and understand kind of what that employee goes through or what that team member goes through, so that when you're recruiting for that same position, yeah, they they have a the, the recruiter or the, the HR team member understands the recruiter is able to tell you, okay, this is what you're going to be doing. Right. And then once you're here, we onboard you, make sure onboarding is, is appropriate. But then on the talent acquisition or talent retention side, the HR team understands from that perspective, okay, these are the, these are the barriers or these are some of the challenges that you're going to see every day. And how do we help them through those? Because yep. not every day is going to be the same. And, um, you know, and we have to make sure that they, you know, get out there and understand you know how the business is run.
1: Yes, hundred yeah. yep.
2: percent. Something new, you know, from That's the standpoint right. of operations. Yeah, it, yeah, it's
1: going to be interesting. I think there's a foundational, yeah. uh, foundational requirement that they should have, and even if you think about physician or provider recruiters, right? So if you're talking to a physician candidate, because uh, you're that. You're that person that's bringing them in, and you're the one that's going to coordinate all the interviews. But mm-hmm. that physician candidate's still going to ask you questions. Absolutely, right? Yeah. What's
2: the yeah. call schedule? Right.
1: Well, do you know what the call schedule is? Do you know what the ratio is? Am I on call? You know, is it one in five, one in seven, one in ten, one in three? Right. <laughs> what is the call schedule? Because then depending on what that is, are you going to be able to explain well why it's that way? Right, and what are your answers to that? No, exactly. Right? And they're they're kinda that's like basic foundational type of questions that you I think you really then demonstrate to that candidate that you understand the Mm -hmm. business. Yes. And this and then the candidate, whether they're getting it right away or not, eventually they'll understand that wow, HR is my recruiter, HR, they actually know what's happening in this organization. They're informed. Agreed. They're part of the operation it's a different it's a different perspective different image that you're presenting.
2: No, I agree with you and I think that's a really good example. And we have to make sure that the recruiters are able to communicate that in a very succinct way because you you will we it's very easy right now especially in, in this day and age um in healthcare. It's very easy for us to lose a candidate if we don't have that type of information readily available. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah excellent
3: paul you you mentioned in the symposium uh you had some success in recruiting alumni Mm
2: -hmm. yeah we did will you touch
3: on that for a minute because that that is like low hanging fruit not enough companies are doing it if at all so
2: yeah well you know it's kind of going back to that that uh that comment that one of the questionnaires made about losing someone you know who had left for like a dollar or two yeah and Mm -hmm. what do you say when when a manager is you know or a director's disgruntled about bringing that person back. And of course the, the panel's you know, statement was, we'll just tell them to get over it. Right. I mean, yes. and that's how we all, I think that's how all four of us really felt. 100%. Um, yeah. And it, it's a matter of, if it's the right person for the job, then they're, they're already going to, the advantage you have is that they already know your organization. The second advantage you have is that it, the training is a lot less. Mm-hmm. The onboarding is a lot less. they, They have a, a very vast familiarity with your organization as opposed to somebody you're bringing brand new that you have to spend more time and more resources on training who may or may not last. And yes, this person could always potentially jump again for another opportunity, maybe based on money. But, you know, we talked about how it's not always the new opportunity that's the best for them. It's the opportunity, um, that at least at that moment in time, maybe based on what their family situation was, that's what they thought was the best for them. Sure. Mm -hmm. And we just we just decided hey we're just going to start calling folks that that left on great terms with us who were outstanding employees that we hated to lose and that's what we did and we were able to uh, bring back 22 alumni in about four months and we thought that was a huge win that's an amazing win Yeah. Now we, it wasn't all on the clinical side we wish it was because that's kind of our where our, our most challenging pieces are however we were able to bring some folks back into our you know utilization review and to our yeah. rev cycle teams it was great
1: wow
3: that's fantastic
2: I, yeah think just how you talk about former
1: employees changes mindset. Because if they're former employees, that's one thing. Right. If they're alumni, that automatically has a different that's a really tone. really yes. Than referring to people as former employees or ex-employees. That's right. Mm-hmm. Right? So imagine that. Now you're bringing people back because they're alumni. Everybody who's a current employee, right, current team member, mm-hmm. they'll see that. Yes. So they know that, wow, these... This organization actually honors your time here. Mm-hmm. It might give you opportunity to come back because you're an alumni. I think that is, I think using the word alumni and treating former employees like alumni is as powerful as it is for universities. I agree. I...
0: Stay with us. We'll be right back. Bo and Luke Nation, discover your leadership edge with Edge Leadership Academy. Their expert coaching transforms high performers into influential leaders. Whether in business or athletics, they tailor their approach to your unique journey. Embrace their mentorship and workshops to elevate your leadership skills. Join the ranks of those who lead with confidence and purpose. Visit edgeleadershipacademy.com to start your transformation. Edge Leadership Academy, where leaders are made. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show.
2: I think that if you have something great and someone leaves, and they come back to you, that to me is is the number one. I, I don't know how to really explain it, other than yeah. it's the it's the number one compliment that an organization can have. I agree that you get somebody back, but I I think using alumni is going to be my new go to from now on. I think so. Is,
1: yeah, we need to. We yeah. need a movement. Everybody listening, we need a movement. Movement. We alumni. do They're
3: need alumni. a yeah. do, I mean, healthcare could just as a whole can do a really good, a lot better job. We look at companies and like how big they are. I mean, we talked. We met people here that have over a hundred thousand
2: employees. Yeah.
3: Could you imagine?
2: No, I can't. Like I we have sixteen hundred. Yeah, like a, know,
3: what and, a good like just from the sheer scale, like for for, for yours, which twenty two is incredible, right? So I mean, I'm not that great at math. What is that? Like two thousand people. If you had a hundred thousand people, probably
1: yeah, somewhere 000. around in there. Yeah, yeah. now now that's if you, crazy. If you, if, yeah, no, and you play on that, mm-hmm. right? Now maybe you have a recruiter, depending on how big your organization is, right? right. If you're big like an Advent Health, you may end up with an alumni office, right? True, oh, only yeah. working with alumni. Your smaller organization, maybe a, re- a single recruiter has that responsibility. Mm-hmm. That I'm also the alumni recruiter, right? And just. It's, to me it's the messaging it's the it's the the, the brand yeah. what you 're displaying to the world and what we think of our people period what we think of them oh, we eat. take care of them we honor them <laughs> alumni status is important to us
2: i agree yes and and I truly believe that we need to look at people leaving an organization differently than than we do in some in most situations you know we yeah. look at it as Oh, they're they are um, they're leaving us. They don't want to be part of us. But that's we don't always know the reason why. Yeah, right? yeah. And many times, as I mentioned before, it could be a family situation, and that's the situation that they're in. Maybe they need to have different type of schedule that they can't get with us. Now, one of the things that I hope that by engaging HR more within the operational piece is that we can begin to have those conversations. You know, having some of those stay interviews or yes. and and frequent check ins to say. How, how are things going? How is your schedule? How are you doing? And if hopefully the team members will begin to feel uh, comfortable with us and letting us know, well, you know, I'm having a lot of trouble with my schedule. You know, I, I might need to have a different one. Okay. Well, what does that look like? And can we do out of the box thinking and not making special deals for particular and, you know, team members? But how can we come up with maybe a different type of schedule that will allow a maybe potentially a single mom or single dad, yeah. you know, to, to yeah. have a schedule that allows them to support their family. And I think that we have to look at this differently. Um, yep. You know, healthcare has always been, man, you got to grind it out from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. if you're on 12-hour shifts. And then obviously if you're in the hospital system, you know, afterwards. But we have, int- you know, just in our private practice, we have interesting shifts too. I mean, some of our clinics are open until 10 o'clock at night because they have a, Orthopedic urgent care that that has later hours that starts at five thirty and goes till ten o'clock. How do you staff that with the smaller you know time frames, or can Mm -hmm. you stagger shifts like have some come in the morning and some come later in the you know afternoon and work into the evening like a second shift so to speak? Yep, yep. So I think you have to be diverse in how in the types of you know uh, the the types of of shifts that you offer, the type of benefits that you offer to Mm -hmm. your employees um, and to the team members in order to help continue to retain you know um and be able to attract uh, new team members to your organization
0: I
3: agree. yeah
1: and i would project if you if you make this change in your organization and and you're you switch to alumni and people know that mm-hmm. and that's how you're going to be treated so i would project those who do leave and they're not going out they're not being fired for yeah nefarious reasons or whatever so they're they're on good standing with yeah. the company. They're just leaving for whatever reason. If they understand that they're going to be treated as an alumni and, and that's how the company performs, how the company acts behaves to them, how much more honesty are you going to get if you actually do an exit interview with that person? And I, you might learn I the agree. real reason why they're actually leaving. Yeah. It could be tied to any, anything. Um, I think it would make your exit interviews more, it more powerful. Well, and
3: it it, it's almost free. Like, if you think, I don't want to, like, okay, it's not free. It does take, like, human capital to be able to do it in time, mm-hmm. of course. But we think about this with recruiting, talent acquisition. It's a race for information. Well, you already have all the information on your alumni. So, like, why wouldn't you just start there in the first place? So it would go something like this. Like, if I wanted Paul back, you know, I'd, from what i learned about you today, I'd say, hey, Paul, how have you been? Uh, how's your son? I know you have a good relationship with your son. is mm-hmm. inspiration to you, right? Yeah. Uh, everything going well with that you know and then you could be like yeah you know okay now we're on something different i can use that information and actually have a human connection
2: absolutely and
3: then it, and then on top of that you just you know what paul um I just reached out because the business really misses you like we think you did really well here we'd like to have you back um have, are you open to grabbing some coffee uh at the very least maybe we could catch up and help each other out in the future uh but if you're happy where you're at no big deal mm-hmm. right
2: it's powerful. That would be just, I mean, you know, if I had someone say that to me, you know, organization that, that I had to leave and maybe I didn't want to at the time, but maybe there was, you know, depending on the circumstances, that was, you know, the reason why I left. Um, that would be a really powerful statement, I think, yeah. to make. It really would be. And I think that if, you know, going back to what you're, what you were saying, your example of having a you know, a uh, personal relationship, you know, getting to know the person more on a personal level yeah. as opposed to, hey, you're just this person doing this job. You're showing up, you know, eight to five every day. And this th- this is all we're going to talk about is the job you are doing. We're not yeah. going to go beyond that. And I think that that's where the human resources team can really be helpful in training our managers to really it doesn't mean that you have to exchange Christmas cards necessarily yeah. or, you know, go out and have and have drinks with with folks, you know, and, and hang out with them outside of work. But at least ask, hey, how are you doing? How's your family? You know, mm-hmm. get to know them. You know, who's your favorite football team? You know, yes. what do you get to know? And I encourage my um, my we were talking earlier at the at the at the panel um, about how we do skip meetings. And so I encourage the directors and the vice presidents to do skip meetings that are at least two positions below um, their current position. Hmm. And one of the things that I say to them, I'm like, you don't necessarily have to talk about work when you're doing these skip meetings. Just get to know your team. Yeah, you know, just get to know them on a personal level. And and I think that that also helps to ingrain in the team. You know, going back to how powerful alumni, the word alumni is to. You know, having people stay with your organization or come back to your organization, mm-hmm. getting to know people on a personal level and just showing them that you care, that oh, who they are as a person, is, is even is even as powerful as the word alumni. Yep, so I can I agree it. more. Yeah. good stuff. Yeah, excellent. Not agree more. Yeah, Paul, you're
3: welcome back here in time. Hey, I man, that, right? I
2: appreciate you guys so this much. Is good stuff. Yeah, yeah. thank, thank, you, thank you, so you very much.
1: much. Yeah, pleasure. Asher Nation, you have been listening to Chief Operations Officer of Ortho, Carolina, Paul Nagel. Welcome, welcome to all of you to. Um, to send feedback. You're 100% welcome to do that. We want it. We need it. Tell us what you think. uh, And that is a wrap.